Words from the Hills, reconfigure your life, change your heart, and prepare you for all that God has destined you to be. Welcome to the Hills Church. The heavens above and the earth beneath. I want us to read the next scripture together, Deuteronomy chapter 4, verse 39. One, two, go, let's read together. Therefore, oh, you guys are not reading like you're here. One, two, go. Day and consider it in your heart that the Lord Himself is God in the heaven above and the earth beneath. There is no other. God is saying, I am God, nothing else exists. I'm in the God in the heavens above and on the earth. I feel everything, there is no other. I'm God in the heavens above and the earth beneath. Today, I want us to consider the person of God. I want us to consider the person of God. This marvelous, awesome, enthralling being. I want us to consider the person of God. Genesis chapter 1, verse 1 to 3. In the beginning... God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was without form and void. Darkness was on the face of the deep. The Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. Then the Lord said, let there be light. And there was light. When you think about God, you have to think of Him outside of time. God doesn't exist in time. If He exists in time, He can't create time. You cannot create what you cannot be inside your creation you cannot create a watch and you are inside the watch you have to be outside what you create so god is outside of time he's outside of light he's outside of space he's outside of matter but when he created light the elements began to show god began to make many many things creation itself emanated from this god and the earth and people also came out of who out of God. But the thing to consider first of all is a God who existed out of everything he created. God himself is bigger than creation. God himself is higher than the things he made. God himself is more awesome than everything you can ever imagine. I want us to raise our imagination about God because from time to time we used to have quarrel with God as if God is our mate. <laughs> Do you understand? <laughs> because of his loving father Sometimes we feel like we can quarrel with him. But I want you to consider this, this being who doesn't, who doesn't exist. <laughs> he created existence. So he himself is outside of existence. <laughs> so God is not limited by our limitation. God is not held back by our hang-ups. God is not bound by our explanation. God is not even bound by what he did before. So, every time we see God, we should expect something totally new, different, awesome. Every time we sit before God, we should be in awe of this being that we've never ever known before. Every day I come to God in prayer, my favorite thing to say is, God, I do not know you. I have no claims of familiarity. I don't know how you act because every day you're doing new things in wonder. You're surprising and exceeding creation. So don't get into the powerlessness of this era. Don't get into the limitation of this generation. Don't get into the small box view, pin eye view of God. Think about a God outside of creation. So Psalm 115 verse 15 says, May you be blessed by the Lord, the maker of heaven and the earth. The highest heavens belong to the Lord, but the earth he has given to mankind. So we begin to see the dwelling place of God, the living place of God. So God made a habitation for himself. He called it heaven. But the earth 
he has given to the children of men. So God himself lives in heaven. But heaven is not actually, heaven is just his throne. God is bigger than heaven. Is the place where he makes his presence known. So everyone in heaven feels the presence of God. But God is larger than the throne he sits on. God presents himself in different times, in different ways. You know, and I want us to think about that as we engage with God. Because the journey of our life on earth to eternity is engagement with this God. The journey of our lives from where we are into where we're supposed to be is doing business with God. It's engaging God. It's getting into who God is. It's actually connecting to God and God's journey for our lives. It's actually doing business with this spirit that we can't see, that we can't hear sometimes, that we sometimes cannot even perceive. And we have to step in by faith into who God is. When God wants to work, he sends his beings. There are different kinds of beings in the heavens. When you read the book of Revelation, you begin to see the different kinds of beings. But the most popular we know are called angels. We read about the beast with the several heads. We read about the 24 elders. What kind of elders are they? We read about, in the book of Daniel, we read the decree of the watchers. Who are the watchers? Are they angels? Then we read about other kinds of beings. Paul said, I was caught up in the spirit on the other day. I saw things too holy I cannot say. <laughs> now, they, they saw spirits and beings. Now, they are there is the journey with God. I want to tell you that like there is some more space and some more gap in what God does. But many times because we are on a normal trajectory of human living, God has to interrupt our life before we can, he can get our attention. And there are several ways God does this interruption. One way he does it is to disrupt disrupt the normal journey of our lives because we feel when we are 20, we should be graduating, 21, 22. If you are late, graduate at 23, 24. Then you are still a youth. If you graduate at 30, what are you? <laughs> do, you do you understand? So we put ourselves under that pressure. Then when you are 35, you should be married. Yeah. Oh, sorry. Uh, they said I, I'm starting too late. <laughs> when you're 40, you should be, should be getting your first million. When you're 50, your house should be built. Or somebody said, oh, no, sorry, I'm late in the gender. There's a lot more aggression in this. Now we're looking at 15-year-old millionaires who, who sold NFTs and we're, we're actually considering the new kind of economy where you don't have to wait. I was watching a documentary yesterday uh, by this guy, Nas, who went to interview a 20-something-year-old guy who, who is a billionaire now. So he found that Bitcoin was selling in America for $10,000 and was selling in China for $11,000. So every day he put $10 million into Bitcoin in America and sold it out in Japan and made $1 million every day for 20 days and he made 20 billion, 20 million. That was his first million. So he borrowed, he got 10 million from somewhere and, and just kept swinging it for 20 days and came back with 20 million of his own, $20 million. Every day he was making a million dollars. Every single day. And now he said he wants to give it all to charity. So he's trying to change the biggest problems in the world. He feels like he's going to make a trillion dollars and he's going to give it all away. His car is the Toyota Corolla. I can't remember his name. But if you look at Nas Daily, Nas, just this motivational guy who goes from, it's a Middle Eastern guy who goes around the world interviewing different people. Right. Can, can I tell you something? So we enter that pressure. He, that guy, 
probably never met Christ, but he's trying to live out some kind of purpose bigger than he said that when you take money and eat for yourself, it can never be as satisfactory as when you give it out to everyone. It can never, that satisfaction of having money for yourself is little compared to when you change people's lives. So powerful. So when God wants to come and bless you, part of what he does is that he makes you lose your job. He makes you he makes you change. He makes you leave a town where you're comfortable. He takes you to somewhere else. That disruption, first of all, gets your attention. You know something God does to bless people, to do, to actually get people's attention? Bless them as well. Sometimes he brings open doors. He brings preference to you. You who were disillusioned about where to go, all of a sudden you begin to see, you begin to see roads. <laughs> As you begin to see road, guess what happens to you? That is actually the, your biggest temptation. All of a sudden, you jump into the natural. You jump into strategy. You jump into planning. You jump into ideation of the things you're supposed to do. There are many people who I pray for them that God break this person out of their funk. You know, every, from time to time we all get into funk, right? Into this place where we are not able to plan, not able to move, not able to do anything. I pray for people that God will break their funk. Then the moment God breaks their funk, the next thing I see them do is own the new thing that is coming. Not realizing that actually that new thing that is coming is actually God working, disrupting what used to be so that he can make something new out of that situation. God sometimes brings impact and the way he brings this impact is by destroying, is by making you famous and seeing what you're going to do with your fame. It's by bringing fortune your way and seeing what you're going to do with fortune. It's by giving you access to a realm. Even spirituality can be something that God brings your way. God wants to test you. So he gives you healing power. And just watching what you're going to do now that you can heal. God wants to walk with you. So he gives you a prophetic gift. And then he now sees your conduct with the, with the gift that he's given to you to see. So some, it's not all the time that it's bad things. Because sometimes when, when we want to talk as preachers, we sort of focus on the bad things that happen to people as if that's actually when God is moving. No, sometimes the things God wants to do to change us is also good things. And those good things become like an obstacle sometimes if we're not able to discern God himself. So the Bible says God lives in the third heavens. So, this is a little Bible study here. Let me read Jill's commentary. Jill says, it's really tiny, so I'm going to read it. Say, the earth is for the sons of men. And God created that place as a dwelling place for men to live in. So the second heaven, he says, the visible heavens, like the starry regions, which are within our sights, and also beyond our sight. And he said the third heavens is the seat of majesty, a prepared throne of glory where God keeps caught elders, ministers, angels, and beings wait on God here. They obey and execute his will in the third heavens. So I want you to understand this heaven. So this first heaven is for who? Say for me. This earth, this terra firma is called what? First heaven. Yeah, The second heaven is the place where the Tower of Babel was going. They say we will go to the heavens. By that they meant they will go into the sky. And people say there are portals in the second heavens. Portals in the second heavens. These are demonic holes in the second heavens. When the devil was cast down, the Bible begins to call him the prince of the power of the air. Space is actually something that delights necromancers, astrologers, stargazers, and occult people. 
they're always going to space. My father had a brother who died last year who became a herbalist. Uncle Joshua, my father's immediate elder brother, was an elder in the church. From elder straight backslid, then became a herbalist. And for days, he will lie. We are actually from Benway State. We're not Igbos at all. For days, he will lie on his back, not sleeping, not awake. Everybody knows just to avoid him. And they ask him when he comes back, where did you go to? He said, I went to Eligwe. Grace, my sister is here. She knows this story too well. So our uncle will go to Eligwe for three days. He will disappear into the realm of the spirit for three days and come back with more powers. <laughs> so like, that's actually real. Every, so when you start, start reading, guess what you're doing? I'm Sagittarius, I'm this thing. Guess what you're operating from? Second heavens. Second heavens. And guess what? You start following those things and that begins to discover they're accurate. Oh, you're not going to be happy today. Today is a bad day for you, you know. Oh, 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 like, oh, the rain is going to just come and disrupt your activities today. You're going to have a disruption. And before you know what's happening, you are actually occult gazing. Many of the false religions operate from where? The second heavens. There are powers. There's power in the air. There's power in the air. The Bible talks about principalities, powers, and rulers of darkness of this present age. Anyone who knows anything knows that if you go over a city, there's a spirit over the city. We see that in the book of Daniel, when the prince of Pesha ruled over the realm of Pesha. So, there is the second heaven. The other day I shared about the third heavens in Ephesians chapter 2, when God says, but you who were dead in your trespasses and sins has he quickened and has given you a place to sit together with Christ in heavenly places. Where is Christ seated at the right hand of the Father? And where are we supposed to be seated? Now, in the second heavens, our power no reach. Do you understand? Many of us are fighting demons in the second heavens. And we are trying to use logic. And we're trying to use this person said, that person said, every time I get into spiritual warfare with people, they want me to just say the word and the, and the problem will disappear. Meanwhile, these walls are controlled by legal contracts. They are very legal. If you commit this, this will happen to you. If you open this door, this will happen to you. If you close this door, this will happen to you. So these realms are controlled by a legalistic hold. And I am trying to get you deliverance. And when I'm trying to get you deliverance, many people hang on. Oh yeah, I've read it. I've Googled it. And you're going round and round in circles. Meanwhile, guess what you're supposed to do? Climb up. Say someone, climb up. Tell to someone else, climb up. Go, go up to the third heavens. Go up to the dwelling place of God. Go up beyond the words of men. Go up beyond the ideas. Go up beyond the suggestions of men to the third heavens. In the third heavens, there is power. In the third heavens, there is grace. In the third heavens, there is a connection with the heart and the purpose of God. In the third heavens, there is the perfection of the idea in the heart of God. In the third heavens, there is no rebellion. All spirits obey God in the third heavens. And that's where we should be. That's where we should be. As believers, many of us, many of the things we are doing are carnal. Why? Because we are operating earthly. Some are not even going to second heavens. They say, don't believe in spiritual powers. Wow. It's a trial. <laughs> I'm trying my pigeon English now. First Chronicles chapter 29, verse 11. Let's read this together. One, two, go. 
Yours, O oh Lord, is the greatness, the power, the glory, the victory, and the majesty. For all that is in heaven and in earth is yours. Yours is the kingdom, O oh Lord, and you are exalted as head over all. God becomes the giant being, the dominating being, the overall conqueror of the heavens and the earth. And earth, for anyone who begins to walk with God, begins to connect to that eternity of God, begins to connect beyond this realm, begins to connect into the heavenlies. And you as believers are supposed to connect earth to heaven. Do not live on the earth. The Bible says, set your affections on the things above. Do not just be empty. Do not just be bound by the earth. Do not just hear conversation from the hearts of men. That conversation will only make you more bitter. That conversation will make you only more broken. Do not just listen to advice. Step into the heavens because God is powerful. The power and the glory, the victory and the majesty belongs to our God. Say amen. I want you to descend today. I want you to descend. There is a realm for your, there's a realm war for your spirit. As you live on the earth, there's a realm war. What war, what realm are you going to be operating from? So, when the Bible says the spirit of the power of the air, the, the spirit that now walks in the children of disobedience, what do you think that means? That means it's a realm war. Principalities control ideas because principle is the origin of principalities principalities control dominating ideas powers control governments rulers of darkness of this present age control false religion so if you like people have said that part of the power of the gay rights movement is actually that it has been entered into the realm of principality which is an idea and powers backed up by governments ideas backed up by governments that are anti-God idea backed up by government gives it power I was asking the other day how many is the percentage of the people you think are gay in the world I'm sure some of you would think it's 10% it's actually less than 1% of the world population but every day we hear it as if it's the biggest agenda of mankind do you guys understand this it's principality a lying principle backed up by powers principalities and powers so do you think if you're the devil would you like to possess one person or would you like to just take a whole generation of people who don't know they are left from their right which one would you prefer that's exactly how the devil operates. He does it generationally. He wants a whole people to be confused about what sex means to them. So he uses principalities and powers. Ephesians chapter 6. We're wrestling not against flesh and blood. So every time it's actually about us being jealous of someone or being angry at someone, we're in the little war. We're in small war. We're not in the main war. The main war is against the principle that wants all teenagers to get it wrong. The main war is actually taking six-year-olds in primary school and telling them that they can, they can be gender neutral. They can decide which, like how, what does a six-year-old know to know which gender to prefer? It happened to me when my daughter was my first daughter, 11, just passing 10 to 11, just passing from primary school, just about to get to secondary school. And then they, they knew she's a kid from Africa. Social workers went to her school and had a private chat with her, which we didn't know. You go and meet a 10 year old, and guess what they told her? You see, we know you're from Africa, and your parents may be very, you know, uh, traditional or something like that. Oh, what, what's the name they use? Conservative. They don't try to use a negative name. They're conservative. But we're a modern society. So here is male. Here is female. You can choose whichever one you want. 
And please, if don't, you don't have to tell your parents this. If they tell you not to choose one, come, we'll take you over. The Scottish government said that to my daughter. That's exactly principality backed up by power because the government is now enforcing this. Do you guys understand how the devil works now? So when we say we're seated together with Christ in heavenly places, it's very important for you to see where the real seat of the warfare you're fighting is really at. And guess what? Something else. This world is a mirror. The real world, supernatural world. After a while, when God begins to increase your vision, you will see streets in the supernatural. You see roads. You see people. You see activities. At the threat of sounding like mommy G.O., <laughs> the supernatural world is real. And that's why the devil sends those counterfeits so that nobody will believe. When you hear it, it's so messed up, it's so obfuscating that your paradigm becomes messed up. And you don't know what's real, so you let go of it altogether and say, let me live in the first heaven. Let me jettison second and third heavens. I don't know what happens there. But the natural is a mirror of the supernatural. We are not earthly beings. We are spirit beings having an earthly experience. You are a spirit. Whether you know it or not, you are connected to something. And your actions are just not your actions. Your thoughts are just not your thoughts. In fact, people who are going through mental health challenges have the most imputed thoughts ever. You're sitting by yourself. You start hearing, go and kill yourself. How did you generate that thought? It's not your thought. It's an injected thought by spirits. Until you begin to identify the source of the voices that happen to you, you will not realize that you are at war. You have war across the heavens. And another thing, not all the people you meet on earth are human beings. <laughs> so imagine that it happened before that the sons of God had sex with the daughters of men. Who told you that there are no spirit breaking realms even now? So sometimes you are with a man, you think this is a man, but this is actually a son of Belial. He's an incarnate devil, full of legions of spirit, and sex is a contract. You enter into contract with such a demon. Or men who pick up women who have been everywhere. Like you don't realize that that person inside your house, hey, hey, lele, lele. <laughs> if your eyes can just be open, I want to take you guys on a totally different journey of awareness because sometimes oblivious, oblivious living is actually dangerous. And if you enter a contract, these are spirits that will come for their pound of flesh. And when the devil comes, he's like against the second heavens by yourself. You are, you are nothing. By yourself, in the natural. So that's why God says, come up. Tell somebody again, come up, come up, come up, come up. Step up into the third heavens. You know all the conversation we like to have, if it's marriage, the marriage pastor will be saying, don't read their phone. Don't read their phone. If you read the phone of a man, you'll find it. What you're looking for, you'll find. <laughs> the aunties will be saying, oh, you have to submit yourself. You have to give them breakfast before seven. Don't let them see your sanitary part. That's how to please a man. Stupid advice. Most of marriage counseling is actually rubbish advice. Guess all you need to do. Open your eyes in the spirit. Come up, come up, come up, come up. The man who stands in heavenly places can see the warfare. Can see the warfare. 
because you enter into a contract, that contract has to be broken before you can be free. You enter into an agreement with the son of Belial. That agreement has to be broken before you're free. The Bible says, he who breaks the hedge, him shall the serpent bite. It's like God has a hedge around you, a wall of protection around you. You open it up for the devil, the devil comes in and strikes. I saw a vision one day. I was worshiping, I just saw a vision. The heart of someone opened like a, like a rectangle box opened in the cavity of the person's heart. And I saw a serpent jump in, pew! Within half a second, the serpent went and just coiled on the inside of the person and zip, the, the church closed. And I said, that's how fast it takes for someone to be taken over by the devil. The spirit world is real, is real, is real. Don't live without discernment. Don't live without awareness. So, let's talk about Lucifer. I'm sure many of you think Lucifer is an old man. No, this is what Lucifer looks like. Honestly, this is from a movie, Lucifer, the series. But this is actually how Lucifer looks like. Some of you think you're going to think, see somebody with horns. No. Very handsome. And he makes appearances as well. He has camouflage. He can choose to come in any kind of ways. His spirit as well. Never lost his spirit status. Was cast to the earth. Don't forget he's an angel. God did not remove all his powers. God cast him to the earth. And God permitted him within the bounds again of what? Of order. So, let's read these three scriptures. Let's start from Isaiah 14, 12. Who's going to read for us? Isaiah 14. I pray that somebody's eyes of understanding will be popped open today. And you may know the warfare against your life so that you can rise in the power of God and challenge all that the devil wants to do through the world and through your life. In the name of Jesus Christ, you will establish a holy agenda in Jesus' name. Did you find it? Isaiah 14 verse 12 How you have fallen from heaven O star of the morning Son of the dawn You have been cut down to the ground You who have weakened the nations But you said in your heart I will ascend to heaven I will raise my throne above the stars of God I will sit on the mount of assembly And the remote parts of the north I will ascend above the heights of the clouds I will make myself like the most high this is actually how are you falling down, O Lucifer, star of the morning? This is actually how Lucifer fell. I'm sure you all know this story. But let me give you another story in Ezekiel. Who has Ezekiel 28, 13 to 19? Ezekiel 28, 13 to 19. Did you find it? You were in Eden, the garden of God. Every precious stone was your covering. The sardius, topaz, and diamond, burial, onyx, and jasper, sapphire, turquoise, and emerald with gold. The workmanship of your timbrels and pipes was prepared for you on the day you were created. You were the anointed cherub who covers. I established you. You were, you were on the holy mountain of God. You walked back and forth in the midst of fiery stones. You were perfect in your ways from the day you were created, till iniquity was found in you. By the abundance of your trading, you became filled with violence within, and you sinned. Therefore, I cast you as a profane thing out of the mountain of God, and I destroyed you, O covering cherub, for the mist of the fiery stone. That's the end. Thank you. Thank you very much. The first place in Ezekiel was talking about the beauty. The second, so the first place in Isaiah was talking about the beauty of this cherub, Lucifer, star of the morning, awesome, amazing, pizzazz, excellence. The second place was talking about, about power, the positioning, 
the grace of God, the design of God in him. But let's read Revelations, Revelation chapter 12, verse 7. Who's going to find it for us? Anyone? Revelations 12, 7. Yes. And war broke out in heaven. Michael and his angels fought with the dragon, and the dragon and his angels fought, but they did not prevail, nor was a place found for them in heaven any longer. So the great dragon was cast out, the serpent of old called the devil and Satan, who deceives the whole world. He was cast to the earth, and his angels were cast with him. Then I heard a loud voice, a loud voice saying in heaven, Now salvation and strength and the kingdom of our God and the power of his Christ have come for the accuser of the brethren, who accused them before our God day and night. He has been cast down, and they overcame him by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony, and they did not love their lives to death. Therefore rejoice, O heavens, and you who dwell in them. Woe to the inhabitants of the earth and the sea, for the devil has come down you, having great wrath, because he knows that his time is short. Devil was sent down to the earth. It's a war to the inhabitants of the earth. The inhabitants of the earth needs to learn awareness now because the devil is angry. He has only a delineated time. His time is short. And then something else I want to point out that there was war in heaven. Did you see God in that war? Who was fighting the devil? Michael the archangel. God had no, like, God's voice sorted it out. So some of you would think devil and God are fighting. No, no, no. Devil comes to heaven sometimes. God calls this devil spirit and have conversation with him. The devil is one of the angels of God. God uses him to do a dirty job. Like laborer, walk. <laughs> I wish you can see heavens. I just pray somebody's eyes will be open today to see the heavens. Cast down, son of the morning, the beautiful one, the awesome one, that you distressed nations, you worried people, you created rebellion, so you were rejected and cast down. And the devil says, now there's no more rebellion in heaven. Everything in the third heavens is how? In alignment. But second and first heaven, you guys beware. Because there is warfare has come to you guys. But I will not leave you in that warfare forever. It's clear. The time is short for the devil. But you know God's short time sometimes is long for us. <laughs> yeah. So good. Then the next thing, this all happened before. So revelations happened before Genesis chapter 3. I want you to see that the Bible is not a sequential, this thing. Revelation happened before Genesis chapter 3 verse 1. The, this same devil now re, repurposed himself and, re, and repackaged himself. Devil is the king of packaging and chose a stylish animal, the one who turns and swivels without stress, the one who passes through things without, and just chose that animal. Now the serpent was more cunning than any beast of the field which the Lord God had made. And he said to the woman, has God indeed said, you shall not eat of every tree of the garden like that corning that whole idea of the devil after the whole war in heaven how he shows up on earth totally different from the war scenario you see in heaven it comes with wild and cunning and smoothness and slickness into the circumstances of every day as you are walking around the garden of your life the serpent shows up and when you see him, you may not even identify him because he's cunning and crafty and wily. So, the next verse, verse 6. So, when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, that it was pleasant to the eyes, 
and a tree desirable to make one wise. She took of his fruit and ate. She also gave to her husband with her, and he ate. She bought into the cunning, into the wilds of the serpent. This tree was for lying relief because what God will ask you to do on the first heavens might be war. It might be difficult. What God asks you to be on earth might be strong and hard and confusing. So guess what the devil can do to you? He can offer you a lying relief. The biggest deception that men drink is not that it's not relief. It's not that it's not somewhat true. It's not that it's not somehow real. It's actually half-truths, lying relief, fake rest. You can rest now. This week I met someone who after working in church administration decided that they're going to be an atheist. They don't believe. Agnostic. If God exists, it's fine. I shouldn't care much. I serve him when I can. I certainly don't believe in the Bible. Jesus Christ is much. There has to be a being somewhere, but the entire structure of the earth and how people are doing church is not God. It's not God. So I don't believe. So you are now in charge of your own life by yourself? That's scary. So the devil saw three things. One, the tree was good for food. Lost of the eyes. No, lost of the flesh. Good for food. Yeah. Pleasant to the eyes. Lost of the eyes. Desire to make one wise. Pride of life. These three sins. The same the devil used to tempt Jesus Christ. The same the Bible says, love not the world. First John. Three sins. Was good for food, pleasant to the eyes, and desirable to make one wise. These are the three areas where the devil is still catching people until tomorrow. Let's go on. And I will make your descendants as the dust of the earth. That if a man could number the dust of earth, then your descendants could also be numbered. Arise, walk in the land through his length and breadth, for I give it to you. Then Abraham moved his tent and went and dwelt by the terebinth trees of Mamre, which are in Hebron, and built an altar there. How many of you know this is one of my favorite scriptures? The founding of Hebron. I preached it one day about how David came to this same Hebron and built a city there found by Abraham. Now, this account was actually where Abraham met the angel. So you jump to chapter 18 of Genesis chapter 1. Sorry, I'm giving you a lot of scriptures and I'm moving through them real quick. Then Abraham appeared to him by the terebinth trees of Mamre. We read it just now, right? And he was sitting in the tent in the heat of the day. So he lifted up his eyes and looked. And behold, three men were standing by him. And when he saw them, he ran from the tent door to meet them and bowed himself to the ground and said, My Lord, if I found favor in your sight, do not pass on your servant. Please let a little water be brought and wash your feet and rest yourself under the tree. He saw three men. He said to them, who? My Lord. It's not my Lord's. God came as three men. Read the whole account. It says, then the Lord said, three men was the physical appearance, but Abraham saw the Lord. I don't have time to really read the whole scriptures because it's plenty. My, my head was just exploding as I was reading this. Abraham saw three men and he was the Lord he saw. So he ran and knelt down before my Lord, the three men, and said, my Lord, don't pass by. Let me wash your feet. So, Look at what happens next. Verse 10, they said to him, Sarah will have a son. And then verse 17 says, can someone, sorry, it doesn't look like I'm the one making this up. Can someone read verse 17 in the New King James Version of, which scripture is this? 
Genesis 18. Is it 18? Yes. 18, yes. Someone read verse 17. Hey, Sanam Balibrado. Say, Yanama Libras Tomo. Say, Nako say. Take me into the heavens above that my eyes will see your name forevermore. Who has found it? Should I hide my plan from Abraham? The Lord asked. The Lord asked. The Lord was asking who? Asking the Lord himself. <laughs> Among him, the three men. Should I hide my plan from Abraham? Like, what kind of conversation is this? Sorry. Go ahead. Yeah, that's for... The, the, the Lord asked himself, should I hide my plan from Abraham? Do you guys understand this? So, the realm in which we're seeing were unidimensional. God is multidimensional. God shows up in different ways in different times. Hebrews 11 says, no, chapter 1 says, God who at diverse times and in diverse manners speaks through all of creation in these last days has spoken to us through his son. The main thing is that it is in this same quest in looking for God that people take, people actually get into seducing spirits. In the quest of finding God and finding spiritual power, people now get into the place where seducing spirits are now talking to them. They now read the six and seven books of Moses. They now give the gospel according to St. Thomas is good. The gospel according to St. Basilides is good. They now read the, the gospel of Enoch, the book of Enoch. They now start reading some things. And those things have portals. Because false religion sits in the second heavens and loves the enjoyment of people who are calling for this thing outside of God. Do you guys understand? Then Abraham now found out after God told him this thing, he begins to intercede with the Lord. The Bible is very clear about who Abraham was talking to. It was the Lord. He wasn't saying he was talking to the three men. And then we read again in Hebrews 13 verse 2. It said, do not forget to entertain strangers, for by doing some have unwittingly entertained angels. I said this to say that it's not only demons that you will meet. Sometimes you will meet angels as well. I've, been, I've heard many stories of people who someone showed up in front of them opened the door when there was danger and they went outside and they didn't see anybody. I've had so many instances of someone who, do you understand, opened, like set someone free. Like I remember a friend of mine was in a car crash on, on just Cardinal Road and they're like, they were like actually trying to Opened the door. They couldn't open the door. Then someone shows up, bangs the door, bangs, 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 flings open the door. He comes out and starts looking for the person. Yes, the person is gone. At least if you set someone free, won't you try to check whether the person is okay? Gone. The angel's job is done. So, if you live in the third heavens and you live with your eyes open for possibilities, you will see things. You will experience things. Eve was having an earthly experience. She didn't know that this conversation was bigger than her. She was actually connecting to something eternal. Abraham was having an earthly experience. He didn't know that what he was seeing was actually not just about him. It was a journey. They were going to Sodom to go and destroy Sodom and Gomorrah. That was their assignment. They were not coming to give him a son. They were actually going to Sodom to go and destroy. But in the awareness of the third moment, of the third heavens, Abraham saw the Lord coming. And Abraham stepped out and dragged the Lord to his house. May you be that person who is so open to the person who God is sending to your world that you will not lock them out in the name of Jesus Christ. May God give you eyes that see in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. 
Acts chapter 7, the third and final example I'll give you today. There's so many examples. When you read the Bible with the eye of seeing the supernatural, all of a sudden, you begin to see the stories pop in front of you, that the entire Bible was just a story of the first heaven and the third heaven. The first heaven is a location on earth. The second heaven is actually less locationless. It's in the stars. It's in the atmosphere. You know, stargazers know it. You know, astronomers used to look for it. Power, philosophers in the old days called themselves gods. The Greeks actually begin to reckon themselves as gods because they entered the realm of witchcraft and magic in the second heavens. As you begin to search, you begin to find that the third heaven is not a physical location. It's not found. It's a realm. It's a portal that opens. I have seen the second heaven opened to me personally before I knew it was the second heaven. I'll never forget this vision. I shared it here before when I was in Abdin and I was praying over the city and say, God, what are you going to do about the city? And then the curtains moved like this. And I could see the street I was living in, in the spirit. I stepped out on my front porch and everywhere was dark. It was dark like 8 p.m. kind of darkness where the night is just taking over, but it's not fully pitch dark yet, but it's dark enough for you to see. I could see my entire street. It was broken. No, ha- no roof on any house. The only house that had a roof was our home. And I was asking, God, what is this? What is this? What is this? Then he said to me, this Abitin, this your city doesn't exist in the spirit. No one here is alive. Do you know that sometimes people are alive, they are dead. Those who do not know God are already dead. They're the living dead. Do you know whatever is going to fight against you is going to be what is going to make you a natural man only. So you don't see spiritual things. When people talk about spiritual things, you push them aside. In the spirit of the era of the day, you don't see that the warfare of the realms is upon you. It's not just you fighting. It's not just you fighting. There's spirits fighting over you. There's spirit fighting over God's agenda in your life. God sent it to the earth to do something. The earth is not where you live alone. The earth is where you came to establish a, man, a mandate. Don't forget, you did, not, you did not come from the earth. You came from heaven. You are from above. And you were sent here as a seed through the woman to come and do something on earth. But in this thing you're supposed to do, there's a contention for your assignment. And the contention is for you to be so carnal and so earthly and so normal that you never open your eyes in the spirit to see. Every day you wake up and step out of your house, there is a war against you. There are spirits fighting for your agenda, for what God wants to do through your life. Are you going to align with God? Are you going to just fall into the hands of the devil? Let's read this together. One, two, go. Which of the prophets did your fathers not persecute? And they killed those who foretold the coming of the just one, of whom you now have become betrayers and murderers, who have received the law by the direction of angels and have not kept it. When they heard these things, they were cut to the heart and they gnashed their teeth. Ah, They gnashed at him with their teeth, but he being full of the Holy Spirit, gazed into heaven, saw the glory of God, and Jesus standing at the right hand of the Father of God. Stephen was this story. Stephen was in the city center. His ideas were rejected and hated by men. He was being prepared to be killed. On earth, it was pandemonium. On earth, he had made a mistake where you will say, ah, Pastor Peace, get wisdom, borrow sense. This sermon you preach is too harsh. He preached a message and the whole people gnashed their teeth at him and they were rolling him to kill the death of a heretic. The earth had a different report. What did the third heavens? The whole third heavens rose up. Rose up like, wow, who's this guy? He's coming home, coming home, coming home. 
They were reading for the first martyr of the church. It says, I see Jesus Christ and the throne room and the angels of God stand in heaven. He wasn't feeling the earth. He was feeling the third heavens. His eyes were so clear that the pandemonium around him did not have him. He was living from another realm. Many times I sit in peace when people are bringing me trouble. As a pastor and a pastor who touches people, I can tell you, I hear a lot of troubling stories. People shot in the head, people broken, people accidented, people going through pressure, people pressed at night, people's fathers having heart attack. I hear it all. People die dying, babies dying, I hear it all, but somehow, guess because of where I sit, I can see, I can see, I can see, I can see, I've never entered into discouragement, I've never entered into distress, because it's actually about where you sit, sit higher, not someone and say, go higher, go higher, go higher, go higher in the spirit, go ascend to the mountain of God, ascend to the realm of God, step out beyond the earth realm, let the curtains move in the spirit for your eyes to see. Stephen saw, despite what was happening around him, this is what could be the worst thing that could ever possibly happen to a human being. And so many of us will say, God, don't you love me? Why am I going through hardship? God, why all this trouble? God, you know, my business is not doing well. Switch, tell them switch, 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 switch rams, switch rams, switch rams. The Bible says, live in the spirit and you shall not gratify the desires of the flesh. The Bible said those who live from above, who live from above, have their consciences circumcised. The Bible says, like, do not look at the things of the earth, for the things which are seen are natural, are temporal. But set your eyes on the things which are unseen, for the things which are unseen are eternal. I want to introduce some of you to an unseen realm where something else is happening, where another work is at play, where another job is going on, where another agenda is being discussed away from the earth. I want to take some of you higher this morning to come on a journey of those who climb up into the holy hill of God, of those who come up to the place where God lives, where holy conversation is had. Rise up, rise up into that place. Come up, come up into that place. Come up higher. Come up higher. Exchange the garments of earth for the garments of eternity. Exchange the garments of your troubles for the view of God. What is the view of God in the midst of all that is happening? What is God saying? What is God doing? What is the heavens declaring concerning your business? What is the heavens declaring concerning your health? Do you have enough state power to step into the heavenlies, to step into the realm of God, to step into the healing power of our God? Receive that strength receive that life Stephen bowed his head as he closed up his eyes and gave the ghost, ghost he prayed Father forgive them for they know not what they are doing <laughs> he who was being killed was offering something better he told you that he was not there at all may we be so caught up that we are not here we're not here. Someone is trying to fight a fight with you. Say like, I'm not available for this fight. I'm not available for that fight. I'm not available for that realm. I'm not operating from that level. I'm not operating from that level. Shantem alambre no stayande mosayanda. Raise my eyes, oh God. Open my eyes to you. Open my eyes to the heavenly places. Set me ablaze for you. Open my eyes to the presence of the Almighty. Set me ablaze for you. Open my eyes to the presence of the Almighty. Set me on fire for you. Hallelujah. 
you now begin to read the entire Bible, you see this exactly what God wants. In the story of Job, there was something happening on earth. There was something else happening in heaven. In the seven candlesticks, in the churches, seven churches, the Spirit was saying something to them. But in the heavens, Jesus was saying, behold, I'm walking through the seven candlesticks. What was happening in the church is different from what was happening in the third heavens. We see it in the story of Ahab and where Ahab went to war with Jehoshaphat. The Bible says there was conversation in heaven. We will be a lying spirit in the mouth of all the prophets so they can see how can make Ahab to go and die. Paul himself said it. I mentioned it earlier. I saw a man in the spirit the other day. You read 1 Thessalonians 4, 16, 17. He says, we shall not all die. We shall be caught up together to meet the Lord in the air. Do you know that's where we're going? We're going to heaven. Heaven is not where we're going. Heaven is actually where we came from. And God wants us to begin to connect to heaven now. Connect to heaven now. Thanks for listening to this message from the Hills Church. Our mission is to love people, connect with family, and touch the world. Learn more on our website at www.ecclesiahills.org or email us at hello at ecclesiahills.org.